Well, we are very fortunate now to welcome Adam Stewart of One Man Left Studios here to talk about Hex Gambit Respond. Adam, thank you for joining me on XEP. Thanks very much for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here. I am excited to have you here. Uh, I was telling you before we started recording that uh, Hex Gambit Respond came through my PR like blasts. I saw the gameplay immediately gravitated towards it just because of the art style and such. Um, and I have all these questions about it for you, but I want to talk about one man left studios first. That is a name right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk to I me think, about one man left. Uh, so the name came, I think from Futurama episode or something. Okay. They were the one with the, with space invaders where he's like, Oh, I've only got one man left. And I just, gotcha. I don't know why I gravitated towards that. Uh, I think just because it was uh, kind of a charming anachronism or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, there used to be two of us. It was mm -hmm. me and a programmer who's always been a very small studio. Mm -hmm. And Hex Game at Respawn will be my first solo project, uh, like going off on my own. I cool. began in the company as the artist. So this is my first time programming and seeing something all the way through. Interesting. Now, was game development something you had always focused on or was that like a goal for you or is was this kind of a, an alternate career path? Oh, this is the dream job for sure. Um, okay. When, when we started out, I was doing the artwork and we collaborated on game design decisions. So I didn't do any of the programming, like implementing things, but we always had equal say over design decisions. And uh, I always found myself being the spreadsheet guy of like when you have different unit types and everything to balance out. Uh, I like to get nerdy with that stuff. So uh, when it was time to go solo, I I gravitated to where I could be an artist and just like freelance or something, but I prefer to the game design work to all that. Like, I feel like that's my strongest. Uh, it's what makes me the happiest. So. Gotcha. The way you're talking about it implies that this is your first game. Is that right? I've no. launched... This will be like the eighth title I've launched, like been a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my first time as a solo developer. So all of the artwork in Hex Gamut Respawn, all of the game design, uh, animation, like you name it, was me. And then I have a composer that helps me with the sound stuff. And some That's very talented like uh, vocal artists that did the, the captain voices. I did catch those voices during the trailer, and I'll encourage any listener or viewer right now, if you are if you're seeing this, you're probably seeing B-roll next to it uh, of the trailer. Go listen to it because the voices are uh, amusing, to say the least. Oh, yeah. They were fun to write and they were extra fun to, to like be in the studio and hear them deliver the, the lines. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like uh, it was magical. So so how long have you been working on Hex Gambit Respawn specifically? So Respawn started in 2019. Uh, we had a big change with One Man Left as a company. Mm -hmm. um, the original Hex Gambit, we just sort of ran out of time and money. We couldn't finish it. Mm -hmm. My partner who had done all the programming left the company. Mm -hmm. So it was just me. And I was like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I want to be a game designer. I am super in love with this game design in particular. So mm -hmm. I thought for my first you know, attempt coming back, uh, I will put this together as like a local multiplayer game and just get that, you know, back out in the world, like get it finished and get it out on the store. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I like applied for an Epic Mega Grant and I got that. Uh, I reached out to publishers. I found a publisher. And with all the encouragement, it slowly like built from 
it was going to be just a local multiplayer couch game. Mm-hmm. And it became like, you know, it's got online crossplay now, a uh, single player campaign, all this AI and stuff that you can mm-hmm. battle against. Like it, it is the biggest game probably we've ever launched, which is also my first like doing it by myself game. Okay, so that you you touched on several things that I want to to like backtrack on. But for anyone that that's unfamiliar, Hex Gambit, it's a turn based digital board game, one to four players, uh, matches roughly twenty minutes. Uh, you can like you said, you can battle the AI, do multiplayer. But before we talk about that aspect, you said an Epic Mega Grant. What is is that from Epic Games? What is oh, that? Oh yeah, they do they do like a grant. You can apply to get a little money to help you with development because, you know, obviously that that helps you get some more room, like some more headway to add new mm-hmm. features and things like that. So I applied. I said, hey, I was an artist. I'm making a game using Unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I'm using their their visual scripting language, which is Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know if you can really finish and ship a game just in blueprint, not writing any code. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the project I'm working on. And Epic was like, here's some funds to help you keep going and see if you can get it all the way to the storefront. That's and, interesting and cool. Yeah, I'm shocked that I that I managed it. The whole time I was making the game, I was like, I'm going to hit a roadblock at some point where you mm-hmm. have to know C++. Mm-hmm. And I kept waiting for it and it just never happened. <laughs> so did it all stay in blueprint you said yeah blueprint is there it it has the same principles as coding it's just a different way of doing it interesting so you were able to successfully make it all in that in blueprint yeah that's super cool yeah and i was inspired by like and i'm not on toby fox's level but toby fox made um undertale in game mm-hmm. maker which is like this weird thing which isn't really i don't i don't know how much code he had to write to make the game mm-hmm. but I was like, eh, if he can do it by himself, maybe I can figure something out. And That's fascinating. Yeah. Does that does that imply that like on some level you guys are connected with Epic or is it just a grant go make use our engine? They give you I mean, it's grant money. So they're just like, use this. I, I told them what I what I would use it for, like to add features and and help mm-hmm. pay for some sound. And they were like, here you go. Uh, you don't have to pay them back or anything. It's not a loan. They just mm-hmm. they just go and support game projects that way. And uh, it's a very cool thing that they do, and I'm very grateful that uh, that they chose Hex Gamut to help me absolutely. add a few things. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is that is super cool. Now you mentioned crossplay to any listener who's unfamiliar. Um, Hex Gamut Respond is coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox, SNX, Xbox One, Switch, Steam, PC, and Mac. Like you are running the gauntlet. I almost said Gambit just because. Uh, you are running the gauntlet of platforms in a launch. Uh, is that more or less pressure for you? That, like, I mean, it's only going to help uh, with uh, with the online aspect, building a community. You got it from every different angle. There's no reason not to jump in on mm-hmm. on day one. You don't have to wait for for that. That is all thanks to Blowfish, by the way, the publisher that picked up Hex Gambit. Mm-hmm. I only asked them, I was like, help me get it on Switch because we have some Kickstarter backers that would like to see it on Switch. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they were like, how about everything? And we'll do cross play. And I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever you want to commit to. That's uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty wild. And uh, I'm also incredibly grateful for their help. Like I, I built the base game by myself, but it wouldn't be what it is today without, without Epic and without uh, Blowfish. 
That's, oh, wow. So I will loop back to that particular aspect, but let's talk about this base game. Hex Gambit Respawned, the elevator pitch for it. Uh, when you talk to Epic, when you go to people, when you talk, tell your friends uh, or meet somebody and say, hey, I'm working on a game, what's your elevator pitch for Hex Gambit Respawned? Uh, an approachable game, turn-based game that you can play with your friends. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a turn-based tactics game. I call it a battle sport because the goal of the game is not necessarily to like destroy your opponent. It's just to gain more points than they do. Get to 10 mm-hmm. victory points before they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and approachability was really important to me, like keeping the uh, moves and things from getting to like plus 10%, minus 15%. I have 7,952 HP. Like, it's small numbers. It's easy to pick Mm -hmm. up. And for multiplayer, that's important to me that it be something that when I bring a friend on board and show them the game, Mm -hmm. we can get playing quickly. We don't have to watch, like, a seminar to get up to speed. I noticed that in a lot of the, like, screenshots of the game and in the trailer, you've got these hexagons that are laid about but i feel like you can see the whole board there there are not a ton of stats flying at you it sounds like that was a core design principle for you yeah it's it's i like grew up playing chess so that has been influential just on like a subconscious level i think mm-hmm. but um that's, that's neat. they don't have stats in chess they all move differently and that's sort of like a limited language but there's a lot of possibilities on the board Mm-hmm. And for Hex Gambit, I wanted to accomplish that too. Like the moves are chosen specifically. Like I think these will work together in like unexpected ways and uh, just make your turns more interesting to think about without having to do a ton of math. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cool mechanics that I did not mention in the elevator was the the crowd surfing, mm-hmm. which is a movement mechanic that it's kind of like checkers where any of the minions on the board, you can just sort of like bounce across their heads and use them mm-hmm. as shortcuts. Uh, and it makes it adds like an like a puzzly element to every single turn you take. So mm-hmm. I think one of the goals is no boring turns. So much like in chess, then because you have captains that each player can choose from, and then minions that that serves them. That's similar to like you know your king or queen in chess, and then like the army that builds around them. Is that the premise? Well, the the captains aren't on the board. Oh, the captains are like a just like a superpower that you can employ, and they were also a shortcut for different minion loadouts. So each captain has a loadout associated with them, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to spend time during setup like choosing which class of units you want to have. They're sort of like pre pre arranged for you, just so you can get playing faster. I see. Interesting. So that's very much like a, a war game, but. To me, it strikes me as very approachable. I get Advanced Wars vibes in a board game fashion, almost. Kind of, sort of. Is that too much of a stretch? Like, <laughs> when I say battle sport, so the sporty aspect of it is your captains have these like crystal towers on the board. There's a few mm-hmm. on either side. Those are sort of your home base. Mm-hmm. If you can get a, in a unit over there, you can do a tap action, and it's mm-hmm. a free victory point for just getting over there and slapping that that tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is worth as much as killing a unit. So you sort of balance between battle and sneaking in points mm-hmm. and you just sort of try to eke out more than your opponent. Gotcha. But the captains aren't on the board. They have uh, a few times, you, you can use their powers a few times. They call them captain's gambits mm-hmm. uh, just to help you get an edge. So they each have something different. Now, Hex Gambit itself, like the game 
rule set and such, was this something that you created or was this uh, kind of a remnant from the, the former version? Well, the former version, I also was also sort of my baby. Like I, I was the creative okay. director on that one. Mm-hmm. So I did take the rules from that game. And then I also evolved them a little bit for things that I thought could be a little more like could be streamlined a little bit. So it's not exactly mm-hmm. what it was before. Mm-hmm. And the feature set for this one is totally different than what we had before. What kind of feature sets can players expect? Um, local play. You mm-hmm. can do house rules for local play or for friendly matches online. You can also do the house rules and the mm-hmm. house rules I think are really cool where you can change like how many victory points you need to win. You can change how many AP you get per turn. You can change where the movement is free or costs an action point. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to add a bunch of things in there to where I was thinking if you wanted to do like a to- a weirdo tournament, our, our mm-hmm. old game, we had a previous turn-based game that they would do tournaments and things. And I was like, if they were going to do tournaments with Hex Gambit, I want to give them lots of tools where they can make it like super weird. Like we're going to do one where movement is free. We're going to do one where spawning units is way expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives you a lot of tools to switch things up. Gotcha. The, the cool aspect, I think, for this turn-based game is that you're looking at a 20-minute period. Not yeah. a three-hour uh, endeavor yeah. where, you're, where you're solving a math equation to figure out if you're going to do damage or not. Um, but that approachability factor in both presentation but also time, how core was that to your philosophy? Uh, super important because, like I mentioned before, we had done a turn-based game before. It was called Outwitters. And one of the issues I had with that game was that they the single a single match could go on for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to tamp it down to where you could sit down and play a couple of matches in a single sitting. So the victory point was like a natural way to get there. Like you can sort of set the length to to what you like. Um, so yeah, session length was super important. Interesting. So that I, I keep saying interesting. I feel like that's my buzzword right now, but I really do find this game really fascinating just because I, as I watch gameplay, uh, I'm so anxious for it. You also added a single player campaign, you said. Was that designed to teach players the game or just for solo play? It was a little bit of both. I was so excited that the AI was working and that the stuff that I had written was uh, flexible enough that I could put it in different board layouts and it be pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I bet I could stretch that into like a cool single player thing. So it teaches you, it slowly introduces the units. It has like a super goofy story that is like, it doesn't matter at all, but it was fun to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I feel like I, I play a lot of single player games myself. So I wanted to make sure that if you just bought the game to play the single player, you would get your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the the quality of that, because I it's got multiple difficulties too, so you can start out easy, mm-hmm. or you can go uh, you can go nuts right from the start if you want. I don't mm-hmm. recommend that though. How much? How long does it take to master then? To master the game, I don't know if I have mastered the game, but the uh, the single player campaign is like is like five hours ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than that, if you want to try it on a on a harder difficulty after you finish it. Mm-hmm. I. Uh... One of the things I I get a kick out of in a lot of traditionally turn-based games, particularly strategy-based games, uh, you know, battle sport-esque, you might say, is how many layers of emergent strategy can just kind of show up organically. And when you see different mindsets take control, 
I mean, obviously you guys had Hex Gambit proper and then, and then now with Respawn, but I would imagine as you tweaked and adjusted things, you saw new strategies emerge from like playtesting? Yeah, yeah. Um, the philosophy for character moves was I want there to be not that many moves so it's easy to learn, but I want each of the moves to have uh, like a good use and a really strong use. So Mm -hmm. like with the soldier, he can stab outwards. So you can use it. If you have good positioning, you can hit two people with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you, or you could just sort of like tweak somebody from far away and just hit one. Mm -hmm. So moves that could be used well or used poorly were uh, things that I sought out. And there were some weird interactions, especially with the like buff debuff unit called the motivator. Mm -hmm. He has some interesting like combinations that he can do. But I don't even know if I've explored all the combinations between uh, what units can do paired with each other and paired with the different captain powers too. They they mm-hmm. all sort of feed each other. The captain powers. How did you decide and settle on what each perk set uh, does for each captain? I suppose. Yeah, it's it's a single power, like a single gamut that each one can do. And the way that I've balanced them, originally it was going to be a comeback mechanic only. So if you were losing, you could use your captain power. And if you were winning, it was off limits. But I found that it was more fun to just give them stock uses based on how strong the move was. So the weakest one, I think, is Bjorgolf, who is this big yeti, has a freeze attack. Uh, and he, he, can, he gets three uses of that. And then the, there's, there's some that are more intense than that, where it's like refresh a unit completely get rid of all the status effects that might be on it and uh it's and like recharge its cooldowns instantly and that kind of stuff those get like single use i um, see yeah trying to keep uh trying to keep variety among the powers was 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 a fun challenge Uh, that was a spreadsheet time i can imagine i feel like you you would have to be like doing almost bar graphs there like the intensity of this versus this kind of thing yeah, um, and it's kind of math, but it's also there's like a little bit of feel to it. Like on paper, this doesn't look strong, but in a, in in practice, we need to tone it back a bit. So I feel like the art style makes that approachability for anybody that uh, might balk at the idea of a strategy game. Your characters are some of them are even adorable. Others can look like <laughs> silly, menacing, depending on like the, the captain portraits and stuff. Yeah. Um, how did you settle on that kind of an art style? The art style was was a process. There, it started with like looking for inspiration. So I want them to be faceless, so that when they explode, you don't feel too sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles has this race of people that are like armor people. They have no real like they just like clothes that are floating. Mm-hmm. So I had that in one corner of my like sketch document, and then mm-hmm. in the other corner I had Castle Crashers. And like Power Rangers. <laughs> First of all, I'm a diehard Power Rangers fan, so cheers to you, sir, for that. And I can were... see the Castle Crashers in there too. Yeah. Those are the white stripes and stuff. It helps them stand out mm-hmm. against the background. And mm-hmm. like it started out kind of medievally, like thematically, because I think it's easy to go there when you're doing tactics. Mm-hmm. And then uh I think it was my my partner's suggestion from the from the original Hex Gambit. Mm-hmm. Let's try something else. So I was like, all right, well, maybe like futuristic castle crasher power rangers that fight each other that'd be fun cheers i i dig that i dig that just because i'm a sucker for the almighty morphin it's just how it goes <laughs> it's just how it goes uh when you're designing a game like this 
are you like sketching pencils out like this is how the movements are going to be or are you building this in game like you've if you've got these inspirations is, is it on a notepad to start oh man um yeah think back yeah so for the uh, for the backgrounds and stuff, it's like brainstorm because there's no world or anything. So let's try to think about what like kind of themes would be there. I've got mm-hmm. one that's like ancient ruins from ancient hex gambit battles, mm-hmm. uh, and then the more futuristic stuff that looks like um, just like a reg- what you would expect from a battle arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one called the Laser Dome, where uh, those maps have a laser that you can take control of by by controlling a certain space. Mm-hmm. If you flip it to your team's color, the laser will take pot shots at you or mm-hmm. at your opponents on your turn. I really liked uh, like that mechanic of um, that's a tangent. I I noticed some of the boards though, like some of them have lasers, some of them are like grassy yeah. and castly. Others, one of them reminded me of Monday Night Combat, just in like how that laser was pointed down at you. You've got different. Uh, like arenas that are almost like war coliseums and such. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hopped around a little bit and tried to try to think of what the world of, it's just a league of, of like weird arenas that they let these robots go in and blow each other up at. Gotcha. Uh, the original hex game, it was a giant stadium with a crowd and stuff, but we, I got away from that into like smaller, smaller spaces just cause they, they looked better from that perspective. I think. Does getting away from that allow you to flex I say flex muscles, but just like to flex in other areas, like you've got water effects and stuff like that. Yeah, it was fun to explore because I am not, we, we've we shipped eight games, but only two of them have been 3D games. So it's like a learning process as I go, mm-hmm. like how do how you do a cool effect like that? And I'm on YouTube for, for a couple of days. And then I'm like, yeah, I think I can, I think I can approximate that and make it look good. Were there uh, any attempts with that that just botched and you were like, whoop, nope, did not work, cannot work? Uh, I mean, I would go back in and that happened more in the early days. And then as I got more confident and I knew what I wanted more, like the original Hex Gambit, it was only one uh, arena and it was the arena with the crowd. And I think I redesigned it like five times or something. So you you could see it every every build of the game. You're like, why'd you change the background again? I just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. But I'm I'm more I'm more confident now of, of like, all right, I know how to sketch out what it's going to look like, and I I can I can get there a little faster. Being a jack of all trades is difficult because you have to think about the art stuff, you have to think about the programming stuff, and you're constantly switching hats. Yeah, that well, we kind of talked about that before we started recording. You've been working on this had had your head down for a long time. Uh, to get this product out and like the worry of like, all right, is this good? Does people, are people checking this out? Is this something that is this feature something that I like that kind of thing? Well, yeah, to, well, to begin with, I was an artist. I did not know how to program a game. So mm-hmm. for all of 2019, like full-time 2019, I just did YouTube videos and mm-hmm. made like an example project that I think was a top down uh, twin stick shooter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of 2019, I was like, all right, I think I know enough where I could make a game and get it to market. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I want to bring Hex Gambit back because I miss it and I'm sad that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to do it without all the rush and uh, the time crunch and the running out of money worries that we had before. I've got all the time that I need. I'm going to do it right this time. And it was just fun to bring it back. 
and then to see other people get on board and it just sort of like take on a life of its own. That's why it's called Respawn. Which apt and appropriate, yeah. all things considered. So here's a dreaded question that I ask every developer and it's so not fair. Are you happy with it? Am I happy with the game? Yeah. I actually, I am, I am quite happy because I have realistic expectations. <laughs> That's great. Because I've made so many games, I know that at a certain point, you just got to call it. This is it. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. Save some energy for the next thing. So I, I think that I, I had enough time and I, I put enough in there. Of course, if I could redo it again today, I would do everything differently and it would be like a totally different thing. But that's just the creative process. I would say that that is, that is the nature of creation in, in, in general. Um, obviously players are going to be able to jump in on, on multiple platforms. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Blowfish. Was... about that. We've never been on a console before. Mm -hmm. So being on all of them for the launch of this thing is like, it's, it's next level. It's crazy. Does that, you said Blowfish handled a bunch of that. Do you have yeah. to factor in or worry about hitting one platform versus another? Is there a, any difference on your side as far as going to this as the developer? They've all got different standards and stuff, mm -hmm. but most of that does fall under. If you if you use a porting house or if your publisher is handling the porting, then that's sort of their concern. But certain things like you have to have a screen that says press start to go, and there's like little considerations, but not uh, nothing major. Gotcha. So like swapping A for X, Xbox yeah. and PlayStation, that kind of stuff. Swap your button prompts, and um, they have different language they like to you to use about profiles and logging in and terminology and stuff that you have to sort of like balance out gotcha is there is there a, a bit of fun or is it tedium to create like achievements and such specific to the platforms there i mean i think they're pretty much the same achievements just with different yeah different values icon or something but like for you is that tedium or do you like making those I mean, I like making achievements. Implementing achievements can be uh, can be intense, but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot because it makes you think about the game from different angles. Mm. Uh, I didn't I didn't want to approach them as just tacked on achievements. I wanted it to be like, uh, oh, if you accomplish this particular weird thing, there should definitely be a little a little a little award that pops down for that because that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I would encourage people to try like to try to finish it on hard mode and stuff like that. Right. I think um, I have a tendency in games like this to, in the case of the captains in my mind, in my mind, I plan on like finding the one that's my favorite and sticking with them. And I worry sometimes achievements will pull me into trying other things. In some games it's builds and strategies and stuff like that. I'm like the opposite gamer because I'm, I'm always trying to like hop around and explore. I think it's because I like the game design aspect of it. I just want to see how they work. Gotcha. And try to figure out what the designer was thinking when they put this mechanic in. That makes I have a hard time committing. <laughs> See, that makes perfect sense. I, t I totally get that. Well, you're going to be balancing and juggling audiences across multiple consoles and PC. Um, what's the one thing you hope they all catch when they play your game? Uh, I mean, I'm, I just made it to where it would be easy to get in and have fun and that as you are getting more experience fighting other players, you start to see things that you never thought of mm -hmm. trying before. And the uh, as a little cheat, if you play the single player, it does give you some of those strategies like 
almost tutorialized, but not really tutorialized. Mm -hmm. Like you'll, you'll see the AI do it and you might go, huh? So uh, just opening up the space, I guess, for people to explore these mechanics. And like you were saying, the emergent um, like metagame that comes out of uh, whatever's there. How closely are you going to be involved in, in watching that kind of new meta be around? Like, are you going to be there like messing around and tweaking or playing with them or playing against them? I will be communicating with the with the community. We've got a Discord. Um, if you go to onemanleft.com, there'll be a Discord link, and it'll be busier than it is now on launch day. It's been a while since we launched the game, so it's pretty quiet right now. But uh, I'm looking forward to jumping online and, and trying some matches and seeing. Mm -hmm. you, know, you get to flex for the first couple of days because you know it and nobody else knows the game. And then after that, you just... <laughs> Make, yep. The players totally. become the masters for sure. Mm-hmm. That has happened every game. You think you're good at it, and then they, and then the player community starts to catch on, mm -hmm. and they they run away with it. It's not even close. That's fun though. That's fun, for sure. Well, Adam Stewart, uh, Hex Game at Respond is the game. One Man Left Studios is the studio. Let people know where they can find it. I know we mentioned the platforms, but do so again if you would. Uh, let people know where they can find your Discord, socials, all that stuff. All right. Hex Gambit Respawn is coming to PC and Mac via Steam. Uh, it's coming to Xbox Series X and S and 360 and PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and probably forgetting something. Not Xbox 360. You mean Xbox One. One. Holy cow. But if you do 360, that's a whole level right there. Oh, you know, I, I was trying to keep the graphics level like way low so we could hit that 360. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, yeah, so um, uh, if you go to onemanleft.com, I have a blog that I once a month I'll just like throw up whatever I am working on uh, just to let you know that I'm still alive and making games. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter, Facebook, not Twitter, was it X? X, Facebook, uh, Instagram, threads. I think that's it. But I try to, I try to keep them all updated. And I, I haven't been good about social media, but I'm going to commit to keeping them all on the same like page. So however you like to be on the social media, there's a place to find me. There you go. Well, gamers, uh, if you hear this and you check out the game, leave a comment, reach out to the studio, let them know uh, you appreciate their, their work. Thank you guys for listening to XEP. Take care.